Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 20 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and today we have Danny Nardo from Nardo's Natural, and it's another follow-up interview I did with a business that was on the Shark Tank. Uh, Nardo's Naturals was on the Shark Tank in season three, and they are four brothers that started an organic skincare company out there in Florida. And so before we start, some news and updates about the show. We'll be starting our first online masterclass in middle of December. Uh, right now, it's likely to be the week of December 18th, and this is the topic we're going to choose is uh, how to choose an e commerce niche to get into, uh, how to look for a market, how to analyze the competition, and a lot of other factors that you should consider before you choose a market. This idea came from the survey results over at buildmyonlinestore.tv. It was just a one question survey of what is the most interesting topic that you want to learn about within e-commerce. And so we'll be talking about ways to identify and analyze the market, uh, looking at the competition, and a bunch of other good stuff. I'll be doing it with Andrew from episode 14. Uh, he also runs a blog called ecommercefield.com. So the two of us will be doing a quick 15 to 20 minute presentation along with uh, some Q&A after with the audience. So if this sounds interesting to you, sign up for the mailing list to get more updates, buildmyonlinestore.com. I'll be sending them the registration info and more details about the event through those channels. And stay tuned. And if you like the show, also leave me an iTunes review and let's get into today's show. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Good morning. Yeah, so thanks for doing this call. Uh, I was actually recommended to you by Daniel over at the Smart Baker. So I understand you guys are good buddies from the show. Yeah, he's actually a good buddy of mine. Uh, we met out there while filming, and uh, we just really clicked. Uh, you know, they're really smart out there. I don't know how much Daniel told you, but they really did their best, uh, the Shark Tank crew, to separate everybody because, you know, you want to share secrets or whatever advice a shark gave you. They didn't want you to pass it on because everybody wanted to be. The thrill of surprise is everything that makes the show. They did their best to separate you out there, but we exchanged contact information and we said we've got to chat in the future, and we've been great friends ever since. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny because I was talking to Daniel and his story. He basically, I guess, their business outgrew the need for Barbara, in a sense, too, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and we definitely talk business when we've got a few questions, but. Um, around the show, we kind of back off a little bit and don't ask too many questions because that is a little more personal um, with you know figures that night and things. And being friends, we don't want to divulge too much toward one another. Yeah, I, I just know that a lot of deals go through the show and a lot of deals don't go through after the show. I wasn't sure how his was, but they're running a tremendous business. And I think that you know he's got all the power, he's got all the control, he's got all the equity. What he's doing, I mean, I've only heard nothing but great things. I'm really proud of what he's done. Yeah, like when I was speaking to him, like, I guess in the long run, it worked out better for him, kind of how they just bootstrapped everything and they're doing great. So. It, it really has, you know, and it's great. I got to watch the premiere party with him. So it was, it was uh, an awkward situation for about 10 seconds and everybody got over it, you know, because they were all excited. The families were cheering when they got the deal and then they, you know, they broke, they broke out the news. We were all like, oh, this is really strange, you know, but they, they handled it really maturely. It was really cool. I mean, they, you know, and they've done nothing but just climb uphill. It's been really cool. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So before let's get into this, let's just kind of back a little bit. So mm-hmm. kind of what's the whole story behind the business? Sure. Uh, yeah, because we never get that question. <laughs> for, <Yeah. laughs> for I know. Guys making skincare. I'll tell you what, we probably answer that question maybe 10 or 12 times a day. It's really funny. And 
We've almost got it scripted now to the point where it's like, I hope I don't sound like a robot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then let's go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, growing up, we've always really been inclined to health and nutrition. Uh, My brothers and I were the captain of the football team, the basketball team, the baseball team, the whole nine yards involving sports. And we really just were, you know, typical boys running around the neighborhood doing everything physically fit and being active. When it came to nutrition, it really stopped there with just exercising and eating right. And that was really the end of it. And that's how I feel like the rest of the, you know, everybody is. They don't really think about skincare. And we had not either. And uh, one day we came across a statistic, a large percentage of what you apply to your skin absorbs through your pores and into your body. So you're essentially eating your skincare. And we had not known this growing up, but, you know, we did realize that conventional products on the market today, there's a lot of harmful ingredients and additives and preservatives in those products. And we didn't want to put those on our skin, but we had to hydrate our skin. And I live in Florida in the hot sun and We had to keep our skin healthy. And um, we were always cooking with organic oils, uh, grapeseed oils, coconut oils. We were cooking with organics. And we said, well, these organics, uh, back in the day, grandmothers always said, you know, put organic um, like olive oil in your skin. Well, why not put these organic oils in our skin and let's make a moisturizer? And obviously, we had not thought about a skincare line. Our friends were going to beat us up. They told us we were making a skincare line. We just really, in a sense, made a moisturizer for ourselves. And friends would come over the house and they'd <laughs> yeah. say, what do, you, what do you got over there? You know, and we'd get some remarks on our skin and how it, it adjusted and really changed. And we didn't realize it because it's like when you lose weight, you don't realize that you've lost the weight until somebody sees you for the first time in a long time. And uh, anyway, so friends were coming with Ziploc baggies to take some of our moisturizer and put it in a Ziploc bag and take it home with them. <laughs> and these are so, gu- these are guy friends? The guys and girls. I mean, and, and that was the thing in the beginning. It was just a couple of brothers just making it very, uh, I don't know, just juvenile in a sense. But we were just making something for ourselves and we all had college degrees and we were all doing our own thing, most of us working in corporate America, and we had not thought about this. But then when friends had come in the masses to really start asking for it, and we're giving this stuff away for free, we're like, wait a minute, why don't we start charging, not necessarily charging our friends to make money off them, but hey, this is costing us money to make it. So we, uh, we just said, let's make a moisturizer and go from there. We didn't even say, let's make a skincare line. We just had such nice feedback about the moisturizer. We went across the street to the Don Cesar. It's a world-renowned hotel and resort. It's a four-diamond hotel, and in the hotel, there's a spa. Just like juvenile kids, we went and knocked on the door to the spa with six moisturizers that we'd created in our kitchen. Uh, I'm sure we embellished just a little bit when we were giving our sales we we have a whole factory and the whole nine yards, and our team will come here. And What they really liked about it, and that's what helped boom our business, was the key word, and that was local. And they really enjoyed the, the, the story that we had just explained to them that the four boys, four brothers created a jar, a moisturizer in their kitchen, this local business, because they were driving a lot of local traffic from the guests. And they just thought it'd be a wonderful story to share with people. And it, and it worked. Uh, within six months, that number, that moisturizer was actually the number one selling product within the hotel. So we had to make a lot more in our kitchen after that. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are out of your kitchen now, right? I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah. We have out, far out. We actually, uh, we tell people it's a wonderful story to tell, but you couldn't operate out of your kitchen actually to get to that larger level, one, for sanitary reasons, but two, for room and such, we'd all be up to our ears and boxes and inventory, wouldn't have time to make eggs in the morning. All right, very cool. All right, so before we get into it, let's kind of talk about the market a little bit. Um, so what's the difference between like organic skincare products versus like the big brands? Because I'm not really sure yeah, okay. what the difference um, is. Well, one right now is the, the thing about our skincare line, and one thing we say is it's a daily alternative, you know, it's a healthy alternative to daily skincare. And that's one of our taglines. It's a healthy alternative to daily skincare. And what we're saying there is the majority of skincare products in the market today 
I understand that everybody's really looking for that age-defying secret and, you know, making it look like you're going to look, you lose 10 years after your first application. A lot of that is malarkey. I mean, a lot of that, there's nothing that's really proven that's going to make you be younger. I mean, unless you're going to go under some, under the knife. A lot of it actually really has to do with hydration. Hydration is really the key to, you know, plumping the skin and, and making you look better. And so that's really the skincare industry in a nutshell. However, we don't really expose and say, we're going to make you look 10 years younger after a 30-day trial. What we just tell people is, you know, because we, we said, let's lose the song and dance and more or less just tell people, we're just here to promote a healthy skincare line because we find that we're really looking toward a greener future, people becoming more eco-friendly. People are really searching now because they're becoming more aware that products have the things just like we did. They're becoming more aware and saying, wow, there's parabens in this product or there's preservatives that are harmful to me or things that are mimicking breast cancer tumors in women. I mean, that's really harmful and, and reports have shown it. So we said, guys, let's just raise awareness toward healthy products. We really just want to let you know that, hey, this is going to work and it's effective, but it's going to be good for you. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And so all the big brands are basically just really good at marketing. Oh, it, uh, to be honest with you, that's actually been our biggest, biggest, biggest threat and big and the most difficult process of this entire business because we've never once changed what's inside our jar in these last three to four years. Never once changed what's inside the jar, but we've probably changed the packaging and the outside of the jar almost a dozen times now. And that's really the most important thing. It's like women, I, I hate to say it, and they do agree with me, they only care about two things. Does it smell nice and does the box look pretty? And I'm like, what about the gold I'm giving you inside the product? You know, it's just wonderful stuff. We had, that was our number one goal was that we had to change and we'll get into that in a few, in a little bit, but we had to change the branding and a lot to just really hit that, hit that home. And so how big is the organic skincare market? Because I noticed organic products really took off and probably say like early 2000s or so. Yeah. I mean, it went from in just a few short years to like a $9 billion industry, I think from like 93, 97 to like a $27 billion industry. So it, it just plummeted. I mean, it skyrocketed. Yeah. And even with like the foods and like, there's like, and that I will say that is the majority of it, you know, uh, the foods, but I will, uh, they definitely correlate because those people who are shopping for the organic foods, just like us, then became more inclined to shop for the organic skincare. Yeah. It's definitely a whole kind of like a holistic, same living thing. Absolutely, and you know, and you and you see that with the Whole Foods as well. They're not going to just provide the, the the food. They have the skincare aisle right to the next, you know, right ten feet from you. Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you see as the big growth drivers in the skincare market in the next few years? You know, I think a lot of it is going to be just. It's going to have to do with the wholesalers because I will say, you know, we've created the healthiest products, and I really stand by them. But I can't say that I'm going to be able to compare to the CVS, the Walgreens, the the Walmart. I mean, their price, I mean, you're buying 24-ounce bottles for $7, and in my bottles, they're not, I'm not an insane price point, but I'm selling an 8-ounce bottle for $20, and it's hard when a consumer looks at mine and says, well, that one's three times the size for the same price, you know, for less than half the price, and I think that's one of the big things in any, you know, savvy shopper anywhere, when they look at something and they go to Costco and they buy in bulk or Sam's Club, the biggest thing is the these wholesalers with the organic ingredients, we've got to figure out a way to get the prices down to make it more affordable. And I came from a family that my father's a police officer, my mother's a nurse. We weren't spoon-fed in the silver spoon. Um, we came from a very average family, and we weren't buying the most high-end skincare growing up. And I feel like we want to relate to every one of those homes who are just like us because that is the majority of the people out there. And uh, we want to make something that's most affordable. So what we did was we said, guys, we're young. We can work very hard the rest of our lives. 
we decided to take less of a profit on our end so that we can make the skincare more affordable. I mean, some of the creams out there with our research that we realized these products that you see in the major mall outlets, you know, cost them pennies to make and they're selling them for upwards of a hundred something dollars. The skincare industry is one of the highest profit margins out there. So it's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. And so I was doing some research on coconut oil. I guess there's a lot of benefits when I was reading about it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we make the joke that even we brush our teeth with it because it's like unbelievable how many benefits it has. And that's, that's how the business started. Coconut oil was our baby. We're known as the Coconut Boys. It started with my oldest brother just telling us, guys, this is unreal. It's, it's just an anti-inflammatory. It's, it's wonderful for the skin. It's an antibacterial. It's an antimicrobial. And that's what really hit us home was um, the antibacterial and antimicrobial. Coconut oil is known for, uh, it's going to get a little scientific here, but it's known for its two very, very beneficial key factors, lauric and capric acid. That's what we realized was going to help with the impurities in the skin. And that's going to break down the bacteria, and it's very, very powerful. That's what we started using to not only moisturize because it is an oil, but it was also cleansing at the same time. That's what made us unique because this uh, coconut oil was going from the tips of your, your toes to the ends of your fingers to the top of your forehead. We applied this thing, even a conditioner in our hair. We were using this one in, from all ends of our body. It was on, and my brother would heat it up on the stove, very low heat. And then he would put it on his eggs in the morning or he would put it on his bread and have toast with it and not use butter. I mean, he was using it for everything. And that's what made us different at that spa when we went to that spa and said we had six moisturizers in our hand. We had created something that nobody else had really had is we had a face and body moisturizer. So it was a two-in-one product. Whereas when you wanted to buy something at the store, you had to buy a face moisturizer and a body moisturizer. And we made that two-in-one that nobody had ever heard of before. And that's what made it such a big hit because it's so... At all. Yeah, I heard coconut oil is really good for like sunburns too. Yep, after sun care, and that's another that's another selling <laughs> at the spa. That's a great one. And that being in Florida, that's a lot of thing. The people are at these resorts staying by the poolside a little bit too long. People staying at these resorts, they drink a little too much and they get dehydrated, or they stay out in the sun, they get dehydrated. That's the number one selling factor actually at the resort, just telling them, hey, you put this coconut oil on your skin, it's going to bring hydration levels right back up. It's just great. All right, so so let's let me get some free consulting here, okay? So I know you're not a dermatologist, but what are some common mistakes that uh, people make when they're doing skincare? Uh, in, the, in the natural and organic world, the biggest one is... Um, I would say consistency. And I don't mean consistency in terms of today we're going to do this, tomorrow we're going to do that because that's business in general and a lot of mistakes people make. But consistency in skincare is the big, uh, one of the bigger things that we have to deal with is holding our products together. And that was a big issue in the beginning. Um, because we're not using these preservatives that really bind the products together, we have to come up with ways like using thicker emollients like shea butter to hold the products together because I live in Florida and sometimes it gets up to 100 degrees, but then we'll ship the product to Alaska and it's down there below freezing. So I need to, and that was really one of our big issues also because I had to have a product that maintained stability um, because it had to deal with, and that, and that we didn't realize early on because we were in our one climate here in Florida selling locally. So I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I had a customer in Pennsylvania one time and said so they opened their jar up and it was rock solid. And, they, and I'm like, thaw it out. It'll be fine. You know, and I tell another guy in Arizona, I'm like, oh, put it in the fridge for a few minutes. You know, so it's liquefying. And those were the hurdles that we had to overcome were just the consistency with the product and the stability. And that just took a lot of research on our end 
Um, we do work with chemical engineers now at this point, but uh, all the formulations are created by the brothers, and we're really proud of that. Wow, so it's gone from like making your kitchen to working with chemical engineers. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah, we tell people we went from uh, the kitchen to Barbara's penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because I was talking to another business that does organic food bars. Yep. Uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you tried Perfect Food Bars before. Yeah, I've actually heard of them, yeah. Yeah, so I interviewed them a couple months ago, and they were saying how when they first started making the bars, they're not like granola bars where they have these preservatives too, right? And they had to actually keep them refrigerated. Yeah, and that was actually, and I will say, um, because we worked at, you know, we started our business going to that hotel across the street and also the Saturday morning market. It's a little local market and we really enjoy it. We wanted to stay true to our roots, organic puns intended, because we just show that the local traffic, that word I was, you know, keying on earlier, it really helped jumpstart our business and get us to where we're at and, th- and really pressing it on the local community. So we actually still go to this market no matter where our business is taken off to. We still go to the market on Saturday morning and work it and each brother alternates a week. And what we do is we actually bring a cooler because it gets upwards of 100 and something degrees, especially with the sun beaming down on it all day in the sunlight. Typical skincare products don't sit there in the sun that long. So we do have a cooler from time to time just to chill yeah. them. Yeah, that's the cool thing about family businesses, right? You have kind of your whole staff is like your family and everyone can help out. Yeah, I mean, if you get mad at each other, you can punch each other, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was funny, the perfect food bar story, they actually have 13 siblings and they bootstrapped that all together. So basically, you know, they had their sales, their finance, their operations, all like all in the same family. I love the bootstrapping tales. I mean, that's so cool. All right, very cool. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Uh, What was the first product you guys made? Okay, it um, it was called Luminous Lavender. What we had done was we created a concoction of coconut oil, and lavender and there was also a few other essential oils in there for skin benefits but those were the two key components when Kyle the second oldest brother when was younger he had traveled to uh, France southern France and Nice and he spent a few months there and he had remembered this was before 9-11 but he had remembered uh, bringing back home lavender plant uh, lavender on the plane you couldn't do that now but he had big bushels of lavender carrying them through the airport terminal and that was something that left a lasting impression in his mind because living off the land out there, he learned the benefits from the uh, locals. And he told them about, they told him about the anti-inflammatory problem. And that was really a big one because uh, inflammation in skincare is really key because a lot of women, the swelling occurs when they're sleeping at night or also they have cases of just redness in their face. And lavender has a really big is a really big factor in reducing that swelling and reducing the redness. And also, it's one of the most active aromatherapeutic qualities. So it's really calms the senses. It's a really big uh, de-stressor that people use, especially in the spa industry. Uh, the second ingredient being coconut oil, which we we talked about earlier, was DJ's baby. DJ's the oldest brother. So DJ mixed his baby with Kyle's baby and he said, hey, we've got something great here. <laughs> and so did you guys go to the spa right off the bat with this product or did you go around like with some friends first or how did you yes. uh, really get the yeah, word out? Yeah, um, you know, before we really got the word out and again, we went to the spas just totally blind and, it, and I look back and I say those are some of the most fun days because that was before you had the accounting involved and the QuickBooks and you've had your invoices. I mean, we were drawing up invoices on a loose leaf piece of paper, you know. And we learned by them that, you know, because you're in the corporate world over there. with It's a Lowe's hotel. It's a very, very accomplished hotel. And we went there in a pair of jeans. And they said, next time you have to wear slacks to the meeting. You know, and they whispered to us like they could just tell. We were very innocent. And and those are the things I'm never going to forget because it, it was a lot of fun. Just I don't want to say making up as you go, but just 
having fun with it and and not being so business minded, but more or less just really just a couple of brothers just having like, having a good time. Yeah, it's much more I guess carefree is the word you're looking for, right? Well, absolutely, because now you've got to worry about a lot of things. Um, you know, product liability and coverage. If someone slips and falls on one of my storefronts out front, you know, there's a lot of things in this world you've got to worry about, and it, that didn't occur to us at the time because we were just having you know it took some time, but then we had to sit down, and my father was like, "So Dan, what if somebody has an outbreak and they try your product? Like, what are you guys gonna do?" And now, thankfully, this hasn't happened to us yet, but we do have product coverage and liability because you do need to make sure you're always yeah. secure. I see, I see. And so you got your first product out. How did you scale into new products? So basically, that spa really understood who we were after a few weeks, and they knew we were good, wholesome boys, and they knew that we were really trying to get this thing off the ground. And they really became our mentors, and they taught us the spa industry. I mean, we got the expedited course. We learned it so quickly. We learned how the spa is. I mean, I couldn't spell the word esthetician, and now I eat, sleep, and drink esthetician, and they're the ones that give facials. <laughs> so we really just had to learn the spa industry before we did a single thing, and that was really the advice they had given us because we came to them with a moisturizer, not a skincare line, and they said, we need you guys to complete a protocol. You know, when you undergo a facial, they use up to 10 products in a facial from moisturizers to SPFs to exfoliating masks and gel masks, tons of things that were, you know, way beyond us. We said, guys, we've got to probably go back to the drawing board and really figure this stuff out because we're not going to survive with just this moisturizer. And that's when we made that decision. Are we going to do this? And I remember us all sitting at the kitchen table together and we were like, oh my gosh, are we going to leave our jobs? And I had a secured paycheck and a company car and it was just a really weird feeling, but also a very like excited feeling that at the same time we were going to take this leap of faith and we we're going to do it together. And I think that was the most important thing is if we go down, we go down together and hey, we're young, we can try something different. But I think that support from my brothers was really neat. So we went to the drawing board and we really just said, okay, here's what we've got to do. We've got to figure out what's in other products, what their key components are, what are their sales tactics. And we just went and just pinpointed all the major skincare lines and some of the smaller ones. And we learned a lot of things. A lot of bad things, a lot of good things, and really went from there and dissected everybody. Mm -hmm. So you guys didn't really know much about entire skincare line products prior to this. No, I mean, now I can tell you everything about a hydration mask or why you would use a peel <laughs> before. Like, <laughs> why are women burning their face off with acid, you know? <laughs> you know, we were boys running around and playing in the mud and throwing a football in the backyard. It, it was a 180 for our lifestyle. Sure, we were always into, you know, health and nutrition and being and eating right, but I didn't think in the morning I'd be putting on like an exfoliating cleanser every morning now, you know? <laughs> yeah. So do your guy friends give you guys a lot of crap for doing skincare? Or? I always 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 thought that was going to be that I, I mean I really and when you're a kid you know you think the most important thing are what your friends think you know and it's so so minuscule but I can't believe that that was our biggest sale in the beginning were our friends fighting because I had three friends who lived together and one had purchased a moisturizer and the other two roommates used the entire thing up and he flipped out at them and I was like Oh my gosh, these guys can't make fun of me. They're all fighting over my moisturizer. So they always say, they call me Nardo. They say, Nardo, we need more moisturizer. We need more moisturizer. And they love our original blend that we created. It's so funny. Awesome, awesome. All right. And so who is your typical customer now that buys your products? We, uh, we basically have you know, the everyday consumer. And that was really our goal because, like I'd said before about our parents and our upbringing, and we want to make sure that we stay within that realm where it can be affordable to everyone. Being in these um, world-renowned resorts, they are a little bit more of the high-end boutiques that we are in. And it's just a little bit easier for us to be in those because of how we produce our products. They are made in small batches. We tell people that they're made fresh in small batches. And that's very important because your skincare is similar to food. 
So it should be fresh. There shouldn't be a shelf life on it for five to seven years. They've got something wrong in there if it lasts that long. Also, you're not using it if it lasts that long. Ours lasts 18 months and we make it fresh for everybody just like you're shopping for milk or eggs. And what we do with that is in the high-end boutiques, it allows us to be a little more exclusive. And that way we're not on every street corner, which makes it a little more desirable, but it also makes it easier for us to produce because I couldn't just ship out you know, 500,000 units right now into every distributor, whatever, because we just didn't want to re- operate that kind of business. You know, If I came up with a widget or an invention, sure, that's the route I would go with. But because this is a skincare line, it's our baby, and there's a little bit more to it, we just thought it'd be best that with every application, there was education. And that means when somebody's there in the store, like a spa professional or a licensed professional, they can explain the products to you before you go ahead and apply them. I see. And have you found B2B a lot easier to break into than B2C? Because you guys have been in a resort. You can just go to another one and say, hey, you know, we know how the smile works. We know what all the products you need to use. Here's what we've done. You know, you, you want to try it out. Whereas B2C, you kind of have to educate the customer like myself. Like I have no clue. Yeah. Kind of like the process is different, right? It, exactly. It's a it's a B2B with a mesh of C, you know, and it, the B2B is really, and that's what won us over. Our personalities walking into the spa weren't quite like any other sales rep because we were four brothers. We were very entertaining. And we found that that was actually one of our niches. We educated the staff. We gave a seminar like other sales and skincare lines would do. But we went above and beyond. I mean, I brought homemade food in and we brought homemade cupcakes. We really just did as much as we could to do a song and dance and entertain because we felt that was our true calling in life was just to be entertainers. My brothers and I always enjoy making others laugh and have a good time. So I always remembered and thought back to when we were in school. And if we were in a presentation in school, you sit there falling half asleep after someone talks for an hour. And we said, how can we change this and educate them and keep them on their toes to want to learn about Nardo's Natural? And we had come up with a sales device and how we had promoted it with the brothers and really just getting them involved, making them have a good time. And before they knew it, when the, when the seminar was over, they had attained so much knowledge about Nardo's Natural that they couldn't wait to go sell it on the skincare on the floor. And so they were selling our products on the retail floor, and that's how they sell. When someone undergoes a spa treatment by the licensed esthetician or the massage therapist, they then walk them down and escort them to the lobby and help and sell the moisturizers to them or, or the face cream or whatever it be at this point. So that's what really did it for us was we educated the staff. That's very cool. And, and it makes sense because you could have your big corporate sales guy come in, you know, give your pitch presentation, yeah. or you can have just four guys that are from right around town, you know, chat with you about anything. Oh, yeah. You know, and I will say one of the perks, it was really nice in the beginning. A lot of there are a little bit more women in the uh, when uh, that are estheticians, so and they didn't enjoy they they didn't mind seeing four cute boys coming in, and we, <laughs> we didn't play yeah. that early on, but it really wasn't upper hand that we had you know we we latched on to. <laughs> yeah, four four good looking guys with nice skin too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so is the bulk of your business now B two B or B two C? Would it be like fifty fifty or kind of? Well, we. What we do is um, we definitely push the online store as well. I hate to work in the spa industry. We're not allowed to use the word push. I'm sorry. We have to. Uh, <laughs> we like to implement the online store as well. And what happens is we turn around the, the consumers. We really would like them to go from the B2B first and allow the business to sell the product because that's what's going to allow us to spiderweb and grow. However, when Susie stays at that spa and comes in from Michigan and she was here at the Don Cesar Resort, well, she can't just go to the Don Cesar if she left vacation. So what she'll do then is go to our website and repurchase. And that's what we've made, a, you know, accommodating to everybody. So we found our repurchase rate for the recurring customer is extremely high. And we're really proud of that. But then they'll still go back to the spa the next time they're there on vacation and purchase as well. And we stay within the same margins. 
so that it's, you know, you don't feel that you've gotten a deal on the website or you've gotten a deal at the spa so that everybody's happy at the end of the day. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the B2C kind of is just an organic growth from the B2B now. Exactly. I see, very cool. All right. And so for skincare products, do you have to go undergo medical testing or kind of what's the deal with that? Well, obviously in the beginning, uh, it was coming out of the kitchen and those are the, yeah. and those, and those are some of the things we talk about now and we say, I don't want to say it was a lot more fun. It's not fun now. It's, it's an awesome time here, but it's not as carefree now. And we absolutely go through the testing. Um, like I said before, we have an 18-month shelf life. We go through rancidity tests, temperature tests to hold the consistencies together. A lot of things of that nature have to be performed at this time. And is there, is there like some FDA thing you guys have to run through? Or? Yeah, um, we don't have an FDA approval on the products because they don't need one. But we do have to have one on the sunscreen because that SPF means sun protectant factor. And you are making that you're going to protect from the sun so that one does have an fda approval all right very cool all right so let's uh jump into a little bit about the shark tank now so how did you guys get on the show like what kind did you guys apply or did someone do it for you or yeah i mean after season two the show was big it was it was big but it's i will say it's it's this season is getting even bigger it's unbelievable our season really blew it out of the water so now they're getting you know almost seven million viewers an episode it's number one it's time slot right now it's really kicking butt but uh it's today now I feel like we've done such a good job my and I don't mean me but everybody on season three that it's turned into a great anomaly and everybody is now lining up like they would on American Idol to audition it wasn't like that when I auditioned last season we merely sent an email and it was it, I hate to say it was that simple because it wasn't but it was that simple contacting them uh, now it's very very rigorous there's a lot of uh, just just to get to that first step is very difficult if you can get to that first step congrats but you've still got about months of just breaking down walls and trying to impress them to get on the show. Um, but yeah, ours started with a an email. And what we had done, and we told the New York Post this, and they really enjoyed the, uh, the little tale we told them, is we changed our signature on the email. The typical signature on an email is your name, you know, warm regards or whatever it would be, and your email, your, your website, your phone number, you know, your contact information. Well, we said, forget that, guys. Let's make our signature a huge, it took up the entire screen, comical, a huge picture of the brothers. So when you open the email up, it's you now four brothers making skincare, but then you've got the picture flash in your face and the producers were just cracking up and they're like, what is going on? So they called us up and they just, their first question was, let me get this right. You're four guys, but your brothers making skincare? And they said, what's this story all about? We've got to hear it. And that's what people really just wanted to always hear our story. Yeah, go big or go home, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't find your segment on YouTube. Uh, kind of, I know they don't air all of the segments, right? They kind of only give you like 10 minutes on the show. Like how long were you guys actually in the tank? For? Um, filming, and that's where we felt that we had a good upper hand because what they tell you is when you go on the show, obviously a surplus of people film because you know if something happens, they need to have a backup slot or anything like that. So it was awkward for me because I did meet some people out there whose episodes did not air and they got to go out into the tank. Uh, it's got to be a really weird feeling. I had found out from our producers that you know you can be in the tank for anywhere up to five minutes or two hours. And we were there and, uh, and he said, if you're in there, because no, you don't ever get a guarantee that you're going to be on air. You know, and they, and they remind you that constantly. You just have to wait to see yourself on television that night. And we were in the tank for about two hours. We said, I think I've got a pretty good feeling here. <laughs> yeah, because no one would spend two hours yeah. and, not, and not consider the other. Whereas five minutes. Yeah, and also being that we had a deal with Barbara, we felt that we were in a little bit better position and had the deal and the deal that had gone through. So that would really, that's what really helped us out too. So we thought, you know what, Barbara can use some leverage here to make sure we get on the air. Because getting on the air that night is, I mean, that's really that, moment in your life where you're like, wow, this could be different from here on out. And it's really cool. 
and you just have to, if that doesn't air like some of those poor people that I've met you know nobody will ever know that you went out there to California you're not allowed to mention it and that's just really got to be tough on them that's got to be a big secret to hold on to right, and so after you were on the show did sales just blow up the next day were you kind of expecting like your website to just go down or? and Barbara said that too she said 80, about 80 percent of the sites go down Daniel Rensing aired the week before us and I was so jealous because he had an unbelievable web team uh, he just, he's really computer savvy and I, I attribute his, you know, he's just so, I don't know, I, I, I wish I could do some of the things he did on the computer. I'm so envious of it. And uh, we do call him for advice all the time on that stuff because that night he aired, he was just casually watching, having a great time. And the night I aired the next week, I'm freaking out. I, my merchant services are going crazy. My, my website went down, then my credit cards went down. It was just unbelievable. And a lot of that comes with experience. And, and I think Daniel really knows what he's doing when it comes to the computer world. And that's where uh, we definitely ask him for the most advice. And he, he's really been helpful with that. And I think that's what's really been great from learning about these Shark Tank groups and becoming friends. You know, and then later on, you learn. Uh, we went on Good Morning America and our products were featured there. And we had the just as a big, I think even a bigger spike and held up great and everything worked out wonderful. Yeah, all right. So, and so you guys got to deal with Barbara. Uh, what's it like working with a strategic investor like her who really knows like the female demographic market? You know, what she likes is, uh, or what we like, I guess I should say is, her experience is great. She admits that she's made the mistakes and done a lot of the things. She doesn't let us stray down that path. And there have been a lot of those moments already. And she's like, no, 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 we're not going to make this decision. I did this back in blah, blah, blah. And it turned out like crap. You know, she's a straight shooter. And I think that it really helped us out from the, the process being slowed down and getting to where we're at and really just not making those mistakes that she had made in the past and, and using that, that, that history that she's had. I think that's one of the biggest things because, you know, she's done this. I mean, she's just, she's done exactly what we've done and been at the point where we've been at and been at the exciting times and been at the hard times. And she just says, she knows when to tell us to keep our chin up, but she also knows when, okay, this is going to be a busy one. Let's prepare for this. And it's just cool to have that insight because we were going about everything blind before. So now we've got a little bit of vision. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of time and money from figuring out these lessons on your own too. Absolutely. And the money, um, we did go back and renegotiate because the money wasn't as important to us at the time as more as her just guidance. And that's what we really felt like we needed as a business was guidance. We went back and negotiated. We still um, retained over 90% of the business. Oh, wow. So that was really a big thing. Because on the deal, it was like 50% or? 75. Oh, yeah, 50%. 50%. I think it was like 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always forget that because we we had done that right away. And that's where Barbara was really caring. And she understood that there's four brothers in this business. I mean, to make we'd have to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars immediately for us to even survive, you know. And, it, and she understood that we have to grow, and that was really cool on her end. It took a little bit of negotiation, but she then said, "Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together, and I'm going to give you guys the majority shareholder and you know over ninety percent because you got four brothers to split it up with. It's different when she buys one or two people's business, so it's a little bit, you know." She understood. It was cool. Yeah. And long term for the relationship, it's more beneficial than to, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because on the show, you see some sharks, uh, they'll throw a higher equity percentage. Yep. Because some of the people need more money. So they'll kind of use this to yeah. kind of get you in, right? <laughs> and, and that's what one of my brothers, a lot of people quote him in the, in the community when they see him. We're not asking for your money for a handout. And that's what he said to Mark Cuban when he was yelling at him. But it was true. You know, we weren't looking for their money. And I think you do see that from time to time from other people go on the show. We just wanted guidance. Now, obviously, money doesn't hurt. You love money. I mean, I would love to have it. But at the time, I just said, and, my, and that's how my father kind of educated us, and he just told us, guys, don't think about the green. Just think about what they can do to make more green for you guys. Because if they're going to see that you're just going to latch off and try and get a couple thousand dollars more out of them, they're not going to think that you're really trustworthy, and they're going to think you're almost too hungry, that you're going to be too uh, you know, self-indulgent. And they said, 
work with them, not against them. Yeah, and when you look at the cash they offer, like I was talking to Danny, he's like, I think he was offered like seventy five k. Yeah, like, that's a that's a joke for him now. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, and that's a thing, and that's what people don't understand is. Some businesses made that in a matter of minutes on their airing of Shark Tank, but you don't know. You don't know if your your show wasn't going to make it because you didn't give them gold on the episode. You know, you don't know what you know if that would have aired or not. So a lot you had to just put in the hands of fate. Yeah, exactly. And so you said Barbara gave you some advice that you guys lessons from her end. So what is some advice, kind of like an example that she gave that you guys may have missed? I think well, one of the things was uh, our appearance was one of the big things because we were four brothers making skincare. A lot of our marketing was. Uh, the homepage, for example, on the website was the four brothers standing there. We have a picture of us in suits, and uh, one's holding a coconut, one's holding like a you know a bottle of moisturizer. It's a really cool picture. But what she was saying there is that's great that your four brothers making skincare. But as a woman going on your webpage right now, I immediately think this is for men because I'm seeing four guys. We've got to get rid of all this. She's like, put the egos down. She kind of <laughs> made a laugh, but she's like, we need to start you know ingraining in these people's minds that it's really. For women, and if the men choose to purchase, great, because over 88% of our sales were toward women, and that's who we really need to focus on because they're a little more inclined to purchase. What we did was we have the if you go on our homepage now, we've got women just plastered on the site because we need them to make them more aware it is a women's, it's a you know a unisex line, but really we don't want women to think it's for men because that was one of our biggest obstacles. Yeah, that's funny. That's what I said in the email too before yeah, we were yeah. speaking here. Exactly. <laughs> it happens all the time. And I was like, we get, uh, I send out a wholesale account, like information, our packet. And they were like, okay, I'm going to check with my husband and see if he enjoys the products. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I just sent you a whole packet. It's for you. Like, you know, so that's when we really said, let's go back to the drawing board and make sure people are way aware that it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's for women, but I have to almost so that they understand like women need to see a woman's face. Uh, that's the only way they'll feel comfortable. Yeah. Even when I saw it, I was like four brothers, yep. skincare. I don't see any girls. I guess, is it for guys? I mean, they all have good skin. So I guess it's for guys. Exactly. And that's <laughs> one of the adjustments we made about two weeks ago on the site now on the homepage, it says shop men, shop women. I mean, it couldn't be any more bold at this point. So we are just like, so that, now that people know. Yeah, and I, I remember, I saw in an interview somewhere, Barbara told you guys to make a calendar too, right? What's the deal with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so at the end of the episode, the last thing that, you know, the guys always rile her up, Kevin O'Leary and them and, and Mark Cuban, they were rallying up Barbara. And I remember hearing it as we were walking off the stage. We hugged Barbara when we got the deal. They, they go, oh, nice job, Barbara. I'm sure you didn't buy the business. You bought into their looks. You know, you're going to make them take their shirt. Maybe do a calendar, and she goes, "Knock it off, guys." Well, we got a call from uh, ABC, and they're like, "We're gonna finish off on this calendar bit, and we think it's gonna be awesome." They're like, "You guys should probably do a calendar." We're like, "What?" And I was like, "I just immediately started doing push-ups. I'm like, I gotta get in shape." <laughs> <laughs> so no, we uh, we just were like, "Okay, this would be a lot of fun." So we, you know, we did a calendar, and I didn't think anything of it. We ordered a couple thousand. You know, it's like I, just, I didn't want to get tied up to my my years and in inventory on them. I just was like, what? I can't believe how many people bought a calendar and requested a calendar. And then when we had sold out, they're like, where's my calendar? I need, I want a calendar. I was like, oh my goodness, it was unbelievable. We're in October now. I did an event three weeks ago. It's September three weeks ago. And I still had women asking about the calendar. I'm like, sweethearts, the year's almost over. Like, and they still wanted it. <laughs> it's so, it's too funny. 
<laughs> so you guys can make your own calendar now, like 2012 edition, 2013. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, autograph them out for a higher price too. <laughs> that I can't. And that was like one of those like funny moments in life where you went from like your. We thought it was like our you know 15 minutes of fame to I can't believe that we're signing calendars now and giving them out. It's like too funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's get back to serious a little bit. So you know, for anyone that's looking for an investor, yeah. Kind of what is what's some advice do you have for someone that's kind of looking around? Obviously, we went about it a different route being on the television show. If you're going to do it, you know, the, the real way and more professional way, put that business plan together and make sure you've really got it fine tuned. One of our problems with us was what was our end game? You know, what was our goal? How were we going to finish this business? And I think our excuse to everybody was, well, we're young. We're in our early to mid 20s. I and mean, we don't have an end game. I mean, we're so young. We've got so much ahead of us. Setting up those goals. And I, I don't know. I used to always think it was kind of gimmicky and and. I didn't, I didn't believe in it when people said write down your goals, but I actually now give presentations and brand awareness uh, seminars and such, and I think that's one of the biggest things is writing it down because I didn't have that written down in our business plan. You need to know what's your next step at all times. I mean, it's business is a chess game, and you've, needed, you've got to be three steps ahead, and I think that was one of our issues was we had an idea in mind, but we didn't know where we were going to go next or what we were going to do, and I think that's a major, major plan of attack. Let them know, and, and then because they're always going to throw a curveball at you. They're always, just like Shark Tank, there's always curveballs. So you say, well, in case this happens, okay, well, my rook is going to take your knight. So what you need to do is plan out that other strategical move and show them that, no, 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 we can still gain equity here. Here's how I'm going to go about it. So I think that's one of the big plans is not always just have a plan B, but a plan C is just as important. And, and we've certainly learned that. You know, I've had deals where I was told we were going to have pallets ship out and I'm sitting here tied up in inventory and they're all wrapped up and ready to go. And then the guy cancels on me. Well, thank you. I can. Oh, oh, yeah. And that happens all the time in business. And it's a shame because you're waiting to see that invoice that's going to be, you know, just a great for the business to help, you know, more advertising, more marketing money that you can always bring in. Instead of just sitting there and dwelling on it, you've got to say, okay, how can I get this out ASAP? You know, and I don't want the morale with my brothers to be down when something goes badly. And I think always maintaining that, you know, that positive attitude is important, but also just keeping the team, you know, the spirits high is important because I think that's our competitiveness too. And, and remembered being on the field when somebody scored a touchdown against us, if we put our heads down and mope, that's not going to help us come back in the game, you know, cause we've been kicked, we've been battered, we've had the doors shut in our face and, and it's great to say, you know what, we can continue to do this. And we've landed so many accounts because we've just kept pushing that door open. Even on some accounts that close the door on us, that was a really cool thing that they've actually come back and said, okay, you've grown your business. And and I admit at the time when they closed the door, we weren't ready. We didn't know everything about the spy industry and, and what the protocols were. And we had to come back and learn. So that was on us to do that. I didn't think it was their fault at all. Yeah, I guess having a plan is kind of like when you're in class looking at a business, like, oh, oh a plan's a plan. But when you're actually running one, you can actually feel kind of lost without it. Right? I'll tell you what, it's it's your guide. It really is. And I thought, you know, like, okay, business plan. My first page is my mission statement. And it's like when you really dissect a business plan, it really does help you. Because, yes, that's your mission statement. But you know what? That's going to go everywhere where you need it to be. Or you need to know the dimensions of your logo. And the font size under your for your logo name can't be anything below a 10. And when you really hold that consistency now using that word in the business way – it's really important for marketing and branding, and that's a little bit of my forte in the business is how we're going to label things and stamp things. I want it to be the most recognizable possible, so it's got to be the most you know, symmetrical. It's got to be the same way everywhere. And I remember in the interview, uh, you said Barbara had a team of professionals that kind of just jumped in and kind of helped you guys kind of redo everything. What was that like? Well, yeah, I will say because we um, 
negotiated, you know, this that was kind of pre-negotiating. And then when we negotiated the figures, she she didn't mind taking a step back because we said, hey, we still want to do this. We want the advice. We want the help. But my brothers and I, we, we were very true to what we said on the show. We don't want a handout. She's making us work for it. And we appreciate that because it's only making us learn and grow more. You know, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And she had a team come in and help in the sense that here's what you guys need to do. Here's what you guys should do. It wasn't, here's what we're going to do. It was it was that great guidance that we'd asked for, but still allowing us to do that. And that's what I really liked because I still felt like we had control. She was more or less giving advice and just her opinion, and we took it and ran with it. And I think that's very helpful. And so these are her team that kind of advises her other businesses too, right? Yes, yeah. And then and now huh. the new thing, or not new, but what they're really trying to stress right now is working together. It's funny because we were doing that beforehand with Daniel, who's not a part of the team, but they want us to work together within the Shark Tank group. You know, for example, um, Pork Barrel Barbecue has got a barbecue sauce and things like that, and there's no preservatives. It's uh, it's great for you. It's all natural. And so like, that's something we could like tie in as like a free gift from time to time and, and do things like that. So. Oh, so they just want you to kind of cross promote, kind of bundle each other together too. Exactly. Huh? Like, yeah, mixed bikinis is uh, you mix and match and make your own bikinis. Well, when you're in a bikini, you're out in the sun. So they were thinking like we should do something with uh, our SPF and our sunscreen so that you can package the two together and get a sunscreen with it. So things like that. Nice. Very cool, very cool. All right. And so let's move on to a little bit about marketing. So you guys have been on the show. Uh, kind of what are your main channels since then that you guys use to market the product now? Those big spikes are, are phenomenal. And we know that they're not going to last forever. But that is one of the most, uh, I think the biggest perk that Barbara's helped provide us her contacts. Her contacts have really been wonderful because she helped launch our products and get them on air on uh, Good Morning America on a national broadcast. I mean, I had friends walking down the street in Times Square and they said they saw us on the big screen. I mean, that's something that, I mean, I, I was like a little kid, like in a candy store. It was just such a cool feeling. Uh, Shark Tank was very cool, but I guess to be in the heart of Times Square in New York City was like, whoa. It was just one of those eye openers. Her help and her, co- her contacts really got us to that point. But again, that still took months after Shark Tank because she knew we still had to fine tune if we're going to be able to prepare and launch for something like that. The marketing, in a sense, for those spikes, I know they won't last forever. I mean, having you know several million people again see your business is one of those things that just doesn't happen to small businesses that were just in their kitchen about you know two years before that. That exposure is what we really pounced on. We did everything we could to capture all of the information of those who visited our website or even just track it and see, okay, did you come in from Bing? Did you come in from Yahoo? Did you come in from abc.com? That's where we started to get a leg up and that's where we uh, used a lot of Daniel's assistance and um, took advantage of the search engine optimization and the SEOs because that's a that's the wave of the future right now with uh, searching organic skincare on the internet or Nardo Brothers and having our website appear. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the paddleboard company that was on the shark tank too yeah yes yes so uh, i'm 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 speaking to i'm speaking to him tomorrow actually and i remember he was he was on the show and he said i have four of the top organic searches for paddleboards i was like holy shit yeah that's crazy (laughs) i i can't believe when you get some of those searches how many hits you get from that it's unreal yeah and i and i tried to type paddleboard anything it was his site yeah and so even if you paid money for google to put you there you would still be at a disadvantage right? yeah it's yeah crazy and, and he got stiff and got ripped on the shit too i kind of feel bad yeah for i know it's just <laughs> it's it's unreal like if you can do it like and that's where um scotty vest was on the episode with smart baker he's just way ahead of his time with the search engine optimization and spending upwards i don't even know but you know tens of thousands of dollars on internet marketing it's unreal yeah and i think on the show only really mark cuban knew kind of how that space worked too right? exactly exactly yeah yeah, because I mean, I think the other strikes thought you could just hire someone and just get on Google, but it doesn't work that way. So. A lot of it also is just 
being, you know, wave of the future type stuff. And it's like, um, you know, you or me showing our mom or dad how an iPod works. It's just, it's, it's new technology. And I think that's something, even with the Sharks, when they were making it, whether it was the 60s or 70s, 80s, 90s, things are different now, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And so for your marketing efforts, do you still like, kind of how do you split the offline and online efforts as like 80, 20, 50, 50? Or? You know, it's almost cut in half at this point. It's very close. I will say a lot of I don't know, I guess the wholesale with the accounts is a little bit bigger because that's what we're really trying to stress right now. But I just really again, I'm so pleased with the recurring rate and it makes me feel good as a business owner because yes, we're bringing in a, a nice profit margin and things like that or whatever it be to more revenue. But I'm just glad the products are working. And the fact that they're coming back is what makes me most happy because that means that they're working for them. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay. And you're saying you guys also have an endorsement deal with the Rays? Yeah, uh, well, it's the David Price. He's a pitcher for the Rays. We were able to just get um, our muscle. Okay, so that was um, something we had created before the show. Um, it was a muscle rub. And it was a pain-relieving uh, cooling gel. And it was great for, you know, an organic. I don't want to use this word in the interview, but I don't want to plug them. But an organic alternative to, like, BioFreeze or Icy Hot. We had created the product, but we didn't really bring it on the show because we were just more or less, you know, worried that you're making a claim and saying pain-relieving. That be very careful with. When we finally got the deal with Barbara, she had asked about the product. She goes, do you guys make anything for, like, soreness or arthritic? And I said, that's so funny. We have a product. You know, we didn't bring it on the show. I was worried we're going to get in trouble. Because I'm like, they're going to be like, is this tested? I was gonna be like, no. You know, so I didn't want to look stupid on the show. Well, she said, let's bring that back out and we'll help get a team together to make sure it's okay to make sure we can use certain words and things like that. We said, okay, that's great. And we've also, my best friend works for an agency that he knows a lot of athletes. I said, maybe I can go take it over to them and see if there's an, uh, an athlete that they'd be interested in endorsing it. And at this point, we were really excited because this that was tying in our sports background and that's you know one of our you know bigger passions in life was sports and athletics so we're like oh my gosh we could tap into the athletic market like this would be a cool way for us because we're in the skincare world all the time it's not we didn't grow up saying i'm gonna be in skincare you know so we're like oh cool i could get involved in sports so we actually had lunch with i mean it was just something that i don't think everybody gets the opportunity to do but it was really cool for my friend to help us with the contact we had lunch with Ray Lewis, and um, he's the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Unbelievable football player. And we also had lunch with uh, David Price, and he's also a local player. So we had a Baltimore guy and a guy from here in Tampa, but they both lived in Florida, so that's why we had those contacts. Ray was an incredible guy. He was awesome to work with, but we just felt, you know what, We David Price is 26 years old, and at the time I was 26, I just felt... Let's appeal to this younger clientele. This guy is a new and up and coming, and I think we've got to go with that and take a chance on him. And uh, we just took that gamble and decided to go with David Price. We also, kind of like a secret little test, we gave him a bottle, and I just wanted to see if it had gotten used. So I left a bottle with him, and the next time I saw him um, like in his locker room, I was just asking him like, about the bottle, and I went to go feel it, and it was like half, and it was like half empty. And I was like, oh my God, he's using it. And that was like a big thing for us because I didn't want him to just be like, this stuff's awesome. And then like go put on something else, you know. I got to sit down and interview him when we were like, you know, going through the paperwork and such. And I had asked him what he used. And he goes, really, they've got the stuff here. But he goes, I don't use it. It's just in a tub. And he goes, I don't know what it is. He just goes, I, I, he wasn't lying to me. This is when I applied your product. He goes, it was awesome. He goes, I use it before and after the game. He goes, that's how much I really like it. It was cool. So I was like, oh, my gosh, hold these thoughts. I want to use this, I want to use this for a commercial. But at the same time, it was just cool for me to see that and realize that, that this guy's really using it. And um, so we drew out the paperwork and we said, let's bring him on board. I think it'd be really great for us. And, and now it's only been extremely wonderful. I mean, he's like one of the 
Ty just got a 20 wins right now in the MLB two days ago, surpassing all the pitchers. He's just kicking butt, and I hope he wins the Cy Young this year. Very cool, very cool. All right. And so what are some upcoming products you guys are making kind of in the in the labs that we can expect? Yeah, uh, well, one, one thing is that SPF, and that's the one that it says coming soon on our site right now. That will be out probably in about three weeks, our SPF 30. And that's something to protect you from the sun because, you know, we've got a lot of sunscreens out there. But this one's going to be with zinc oxide. And that's, uh, if you remember, I don't know how old you are, but back in the 80s, everybody would have the white nose, if you watch Saved by the Bell or anything like that. They have a white nose, so the lifeguard would have that big white thing on his nose. That's, well, that's zinc oxide, and that's like going back to the basics. Now, ours isn't going to look that goofy, and you're going to paint your face white, but that was one of the healthiest things to help protect you from the sun. Obviously, that went away because people didn't want to walk around with a white nose or white face anymore. It, you know, Times change. People wanted to absorb them. They don't want to see it in your skin. They don't want to see it. And we've come up with a way to use the zinc oxide and have it absorb into your skin so you don't see the whiteness, but it's still there because that's one of the most protecting things that's healthiest for you to protect from harmful, harmful UV ray exposure. Very cool, very cool. And so a lot of opportunities have opened up since being on the Shark Tank, but it also comes with the challenges, right? So what are kind of some of the big things you guys are trying to tackle? I mean, a lot of people have reached out to us and you know telling us they can grow our business tomorrow and yesterday and do things like that. And I think making the right decision after had getting having got that exposure, who we were going to choose to work with and asking Barbara's advice because there's a lot of people saying, I can do this, I can do that, or I can get your Facebook likes up to this number. And we say, what is it we really and want to focus on? And I, again, that's where we had to go back to the business plan and say, what's our goal here? Because some of the people opened up doors that we had never seen or never even thought about. And I think that was great. So it helped us. But I also want to say, what was my initial plan? And my initial plan was to land accounts in the spa industry. It's as nice as it is, as it is that somebody was like, I could potentially get this in Walgreens. I just said, I'm sorry. And you know, some of those things are so hard to deal with because you don't know if that could flop or if he means it's a test market, I'm going to put it in five of them or 10 or 50. Like that's, you know, that's not the thousands of stores. So those are things that we won't know, but I just knew that weren't the right decision for our business. And I think um, it would reflect poorly upon our business to go from a very reputable skincare line to be on the shelf at a local convenience store because it just didn't have that presentation. And I didn't want to uh, offend our customers. Yeah, I agree with you because anything you get at Walmart or like uh, CVS kind of feels like a generic drugstore thing. And, you know, it really kind of cheapened your product and the whole image, I think. Exactly. And and that was one of the things where you got people promising you the world and telling you they can do this, that, and you, you've had to turn a lot of them away. And, and that's what... Barbara, I think she gave us that little wink, you know, like you guys are in it for the real deal in the long haul versus that quick cash. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for us to do a lot of things where we could sell a bulk amount and that's it. And that's not what we wanted to do. I mean, even on Good Morning America, we still had them talk about the health benefits of the products and things like that. It was really cool. Yeah, and even like your typical customer that buys organic stuff wouldn't buy that much from CVS either. So it may even target the wrong people. Exactly. And, and that's one of my little key phrases, I, my little quotes I came up with, my Danism, is uh, it's one thing to be on a shelf and it's one thing to sell on the shelf. And I think you can be on, I could be on every CVS or Walgreens shelf. But I personally feel that every customer is going to walk right by and buy the next one right to it because it's going to be way less expensive. And they're going to know that that's that brand by you know Vaseline or whoever it is. We wouldn't survive in a market like that. As, as nice it would be to say that I, I'm in a 10,000 stores, I don't think that would really mean anything. I think it's better being in 100 stores. Yeah, what was I? It's better to be – It's. <laughs> I got to write yeah. this down. <laughs> it's, uh, it's better to be – it's no, oh, now you got me confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's your line, man. I know, it's all the time. It's, a, it's one thing 
to be on a shelf, a shelf, and it's one thing to sell on a shelf. Ah, mm. oh, damn! I gotta write this down. It's one thing to sell on a That's, shelf. I'm deep. I'm deep. <laughs> <laughs> really deep. Really deep line here, man. <laughs> yeah, it gets. But no, I really, th- I, th- you know, I think that because when I was giving one of my seminars, that's I said it like just freely one day, and I was like, "Whoa, that is kind of true." Like, yeah, I could go be on a shelf, and that'd be cool. But to sell on the shelf is a big deal versus just sitting on the shelf. You know? Yeah, it's it's like a variation of like it's one thing to talk the path, and the other thing to walk it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. So uh, one more question: What's something you wish you knew when you were starting out? Oh man. <laughs> See, this one always stumps people, so you can take a few yeah. seconds. Well. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have the rest of the afternoon? (laughs) Every day, every day's learning experience. I think I just wish I knew a little bit more about optimization. I think that's where we had talked about earlier on. The night we were on Shark Tank, uh, another company before knew we were going on Shark Tank, they actually bought Nardo's Natural name. And when people Googled Nardo's Natural, their name came above ours. As a young business, those are things that we weren't aware of. You know, I mean, I was all, I was excited and there's a lot going on. I didn't realize that. And, you know, I have friends who were like, oh, I bought from you guys that night. And I was like, I checked my records. I'm like, no, you didn't. And they bought from another company. It was like difficult. And at the same time, it wasn't like, oh, I'm mad at that other company because I'm glad they bought from us wholesale. So I still want them to turn a dollar as well. Those are things that I think I need to be more aware of. And I'm, I wish I was more aware of at the time where strategically, you know, picking my, my advertising, my marketing and my branding and all those things that we can really hone in on our audience because the typical user on the internet, you know, they just click the first thing they see. They're not going to make sure it's not, it's not nardosnatural.com. If it says buy Nardos Natural here, they're more, you know, apt to buy it right there. And that's what a lot of people did. And that's where if, I wish if I could do it over again, I really would have been on top of the internet marketing so that I really, really captured as many people as I wanted to. I was definitely thrilled with what I've captured, but I feel like I could have done a lot more. Yeah, but I think you guys have all these big links now. It doesn't really matter, right? Because I just searched and you guys are number one now. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think that, um, but a lot of that did come with us, you know, taking it, taking the ball and run with, running with it and learning. And I actually um, politely asked the other company to take it down. They were very cool and they, it was a learning experience for us. And, and that's what I really appreciated was working together and having a good business relationship. They did take down the ad. And I think that it was nice of them to do that, and I really appreciate what they did. All right, very cool. All right, and so for all the female listeners, are are all four of you guys single, or what's the deal? We are uh, two out of four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't tell you which two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I could go to your website, too, to kind of guess, right? So where can we find you guys online? Yeah, you can find us at Nardo's Natural. That's N-A-R-D-O-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L.com. Or you can Facebook us at Facebook.com slash Nardo's Skincare. All right, very cool, Danny. Thanks so much. Yep. Talk to you later, man. Bye-bye. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.